Hello and welcome to this Ion Africa special, one year on from the start of the Ukraine war. I'm Jean-Emile Jamin. Coming up on the show, we take a look at how life has changed in Africa on the first anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We'll cover a whole range of related topics, including diplomatic standoffs, food and regional security throughout the continent, as well as the continued impact of the war on African economic markets. Thanks for joining us. Now, following on from the UN Security Council votes on Thursday, a lot of focus has turned to African nations on how each of them marked the ballot. A non-binding resolution passed overwhelmingly to call for Russia to end hostilities in Ukraine. To expand on the African position on that vote, let's hear from our correspondent at the UN in New York, Jessica Le Masurier. I might say that Western powers have had some level of success lobbying African countries to condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The African continent's really feeling the impact of the war, which has led to a global food and energy crisis. When the General Assembly voted on Thursday, the majority of African countries condemned Russia and supported this resolution calling for a just and lasting peace in Ukraine. However, 32 countries abstained, many of which were African. South Africa argued that this resolution did not lay the basis for peace. But this isn't the first time that South Africa's abstained on a General Assembly resolution on Ukraine. It's worth mentioning that South Africa is conducting military tests on its coast with Russia and China. Look, it's clear that both the West and Russia are lobbying for influence on the African continent. The Western narrative suggesting that Russia is manipulating African nations through misinformation comes with a risk because it presupposes that Africans do not have agency to decide for themselves. And so Western outreach efforts are now focusing more on emphasizing African agency. One thing that African countries do agree on is that the Black Sea Grain Initiative, which helps secure the delivery of food supplies to the continent, is one positive step towards helping alleviate the impacts that the war is having on the rest of the world. Jessica Le Mazurier, well, now to discuss the reasons behind African abstentions, I was earlier joined by the UN project officer at the International Crisis Group, Maya Unger. Here is what she said. This abstention really can show us two things about both the global community and Africa in general. Um, first, you see that there are um, less abstentions when a resolution is thinner. So, for example, in November, we had a resolution on the registry of damages, um, which a lot fewer African nations um, or a lot more African nations um, abstained from. And that's because people are afraid to kind of enact really heavy punitive measures on Russia because they're scared that that could have an impact on their bilateral relations. Um, also, abstentions can be important because actually for Moscow's close partners, they can be a bit of a coded rebuke where maybe they can't go out and like formally and publicly rebuke in other ways, but an abstention from those that are actually close to Moscow can still be, be seen as... Um, a way to kind of challenge what they're doing in Ukraine. Well, it's been almost a year now that the war in Ukraine has also been synonymous with soaring prices in Egypt. Annual inflation hit 26.5% in January, largely the result of global price rises, but also because of the collapse of the Egyptian pound against the dollar. The ultimate outcome has been the catastrophic loss of purchasing power for many Egyptians. Edouard Dropsy, Justin Babin and Matthew Thompson with a story. Saida Zainab, 
a working-class district in the centre of Cairo. In the last year, the price of food has risen by over 48%. How much are they? 33 for 10 eggs. To feed her family, all Magda has to rely on is her husband's small pension, the equivalent of 90 euros. It's impossible to support eight people with 3,000 Egyptian pounds. Everything is more expensive. Prices have exploded. Chicken now costs 95 pounds. Everything has increased. I don't buy meat anymore. It's not just in the poorer areas that consumption habits have changed. Since the beginning of the war in Ukraine, this boss of a higher-end supermarket chain has seen clear evidence of shifting habits. That started with the uh, start of the pickup of the inflation, which started in uh, essentially in March 2022 with the weakening of the Egyptian pound. So the changes among the changes that we have seen is that people are now geared more towards uh, local items as opposed to imported products. And they're also buying uh, a lot more below premium items as opposed to uh, premium items. Egypt, as the world's largest importer of wheat from Russia and Ukraine, has been hit hard by the war. Over the same period, three successive currency devaluations have pushed purchasing power lower still. We definitely have, uh, with the decline in, in real income, uh, because of the depreciation of high, high, high inflation, etc., uh, that uh, it, it will impact the middle classes more generally and, of course, the poor. Even before the crisis, a third of Egypt's 110 million inhabitants lived below the poverty line. The longer the war in Ukraine lasts, the more uncertain their future becomes. Well, U.S. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden arrived in Kenya on Friday. It kicks off a visit aimed at bringing attention to the worst drought hitting the Horn of Africa in decades. Five straight seasons of poor rainfall have killed millions of livestock, destroying crops and leaving some 22 million people at the risk of hunger in Ethiopia, Kenya and Somalia. A sixth season is also forecast to fail. The cost of fertilizer has rocketed over the course of the war in Ukraine. With a knock-on impact in countries across Africa, Senegal is no exception. Despite government subsidies, many farmers can no longer afford the product. The result has been a series of failed harvests. And to learn more about the crisis, our correspondents visited the Nyai region, home to more than 80% of the country's vegetable production. It's weeding time at this potato farm. These fields cover two hectares and belong to an agricultural association some 30 kilometers outside the capital. The first crop isn't expected until April, but farmers are already worried. The price of fertilizer has doubled over the past month despite state subsidies and many farmers have had to go without. We needed 32 bags of fertilizer for this field, but we could only get eight. We will see the consequences at harvest time. For one hectare, we would normally use 20 tons of it, but instead we're forced to use as little as 12 tons. There has been a scarcity of fertilizer since the war broke out in Ukraine. This factory in the Dakar suburbs makes dozens of different fertilizers, but 50% of the key ingredients are sourced from Russia and Ukraine. The conflict has drastically slowed exports from these countries. We are struggling with the supply of raw materials because of inflation, freight shipping and access to supply zones. It has made things more challenging than before. 
Specialists worry about the knock-on impact on the wider economy. Les revenus tirés par les agriculteurs sont appelés effectivement à baisser. Farmers are going to earn less income, which poses many problems and will worsen poverty. Reduced food production will also drive inflation. Inflation is already high in Senegal, standing at an average of close to 10% in 2022. Cream of the crop with 375,000 tonnes of wheat, Zimbabwe has recorded its largest production in 50 years. This means that the country that used to be called the granary of Africa is now self-sufficient. Previously, 44% of the wheat consumed in the country came from Ukraine and Russia. But a new initiative has shifted the momentum. Nadine Teron, Caroline Dumay and Farai Mugano with this serial story. The Zimbabwe Grain Marketing Board's silos are full. There's 20% more stock than last year, and the 2023 batch of wheat is of excellent quality. With 375,000 tonnes in production, the country has more than enough to feed its people. No need to import, saving the country $300 million. It's mission accomplished for the authorities in Harare, who've been investing increasingly to support agriculture. This year, the government has provided 10% more wheat seeds, distributed more fertilizer, and financed irrigation systems for small producers. Grain marketing board officials said a fixed-rate purchase policy has also played a role. Government made sure that we pay a viable producer price which would motivate farmers to grow the wheat. So part of that producer price was paid in the local currency and part of it was paid in United States dollars. So the farmer could access foreign currency immediately. To avoid a black market, which would lead to inflation, those who have benefited from government aid are obliged to sell their crop at a fixed price. That's no problem for this farmer from Masowe, who has never produced this much. I am so happy because I got the highest yield in years. I harvested 15 tons from three hectares. Each hectare produced five tons. It is so important for the country. Maybe we'll once again be Southern Africa's breadbasket. At a time when many African countries are suffering from the high cost of grains imported from Russia or Ukraine, Zimbabwe will be self-sufficient this year. Well, certainly with all the developments since the war began, it is reassuring to hear some uh, positive news. That is, of course, all the news that we do have here from uh, across Africa this evening. But there will be more coming up on France 24. So for me, it's bye for now.